Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this afternoon is uh, Troy Sandlin. Hello. And then we've got a special guest in the uh, virtual studio with us today. We have Tony Casper. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing great, guys. Awesome. Um, We are here uh, for a special episode to talk about Tony's Spectre Creations Kickstarter, the uh, Cosmic Dragon, uh, let me see if I get this word right, Breviary? Is that the right way to pronounce it? Awesome. Uh, Tony, you launched just a few days ago. um, That's right. A, a... I would call it on the on the scale of Kickstarters and what people are after in the RPG world. This is I would consider this like a mid-sized Kickstarter with a small goal of a thousand bucks. Yep. Um, in this, I you've been up for almost a week and you're at thirty five hundred, just about right. Yep. We started yeah. uh, Monday morning, and so yeah, we're about going on five days in. Very cool. Um, you're at 185 backers. Tell us yep. um, a little bit. Just give us the elevator pitch summary for what Cosmic Dragon Breviary is all about. Uh, it's basically, you know, I, I know there are some official, uh, in, in especially in older D&D lore, uh, some neutral dragons. There's like gem dragons. Um, there are a few others in there. But I've sort of, especially in 5th edition, felt like, there's definitely sort of a lack in in between uh, metallic and chromatic dragons, mm-hmm. um, and uh, me and my one of my one of my players, who's a really good friend of mine, um, sort of just off the cuff was like, you know, it would be cool if there were like sun and moon dragons, and so I sort of like thought on that for a little bit and then just kind of completely ran away with it. Um, (laughs) and, um, you know, thinking in the, in the overarching theme of the cosmos and space and everything, um, it just seemed like a really good fit for the basis of a line of neutral dragons, sort of just generally enforcing the balance of the cosmos. Um, yeah. So I sort of interjected this whole new line of dragons in between, the chromatics and metallics that really are designed to fit right in your world, um, right in between there. Awesome. Troy here is our, uh, what should we call you, Troy? Our resident old guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that about sums it up. Yeah. So, uh, Troy's been around uh, for quite a long time in the in the D and D world. Uh, mm-hmm. Troy, uh, is there something in your mind that kind of springs to springs to the forefront uh, talking about cosmic dragons or neutral dragons um, that you kind of draw a parallel to? Uh, I got two as he was talking. Two two things popped into my head um, for these cosmic dragons. Um, the first was. Uh, the Planescape setting or Spelljammer, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. Um, I thought that would be really cool there because I mean, if if you're if uh, if one of the three <laughs> settings coming out next year happens to be Spelljammer, yep, these dragons will be will be perfect. Uh, yeah, absolutely. E- either either big bads or possibly uh, the 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 thing behind the scenes pulling the strings on the, on the plots and things that's going yep. on. And the second was Eberron. Mm-hmm. 
because you've got the three dragons. Um, you've got uh, Kyber, who's in the center of the world, uh, mm -hmm. creating all the demons. You've got Eberron, who is the world. And then you've got Sibiris, who is the magic and everything else uh, up above in the stars. So these mm -hmm. th the, these dragons could be you know, descendants directly from Sibiris yeah. or something like that. That could definitely fit, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they, they have a... Just from you talking, they have a cool feel to them. I never, I never glommed on to the whole gem dragon. Yeah, it just—I don't know. It didn't seem cool to me. <laughs> I, I, I think I can, I can see maybe how gem fits fairly well in line with the the themes of metallic and chromatic. Like gem, I can kind of see how that would be another nice line to pull on, but. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It just never really stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got colors, you've got yeah, metal, rare metals, and then and then okay, gemstones. Got, yeah, gemstones. Okay, what's, <laughs> yeah. What's next? Mineral dragons. Yeah. Hey now, right? Yeah, that's a great idea, Troy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, who would do something like that? That's just <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I love it. Um. And one of the things that drew me to this project straight out the gate, uh, just so you know, uh, Tony, um, at this point, we have this awful, awful habit of being on the Kickstarter <laughs> RPG webpage every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just, you know, sorting by new and saying what popped up today. Yep. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the bane of my, uh, of my bank account. Um, and, and because of this podcast, it's the bane of many more bank accounts, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, uh, drew me right out the gate to your product was, uh, you have some really cool art that you managed to wrangle up for this, yeah. uh, this book. Um, a lot of different artists. I know, uh, you, you, we talked a little bit, you, we actually share an artist, uh, Daniel, yep. mm -hmm. uh, you you used him for some of your player options here. Mm -hmm. um, you've also got several other artists that are doing some really great detailed uh, cosmic dragons. Um, yeah, is there a is there a particular story or piece of art or anything there that that you would want to tell people about or that that you think is an interesting tale? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say the the two most prominent pieces. Uh, are the ones featured on the the two covers. The standard cover is like a full color. Uh, you can see like a night sky scene in mm -hmm. like a canyon um, with a sun dragon sort of looming over and it's moon dragon circling behind it. Um, that, that was the first piece that I commissioned uh, for this book. Uh -huh. um, and then the, the other one that's really... Uh, Probably my favorite in here is the one of Kalus, who is the deity of the yeah. Cosmic Dragons. Um, and I sort of did a silhouetted uh, black leather look for the Kickstarter exclusive cover. Um, and then, of course, it's it's in that art is in full color uh, on his page in the book itself. Um, but those those two are actually commissioned uh, from from the the same artist. His name is uh, Kevin Catalan. Um, and he was phenomenal to work with. He was very, very collaborative throughout the whole process. Um, he, he sort of took the descriptions that I had to kind of 
in, in my mind uh, and sort of jotted out some sketches, threw me a couple to sort of like, we, we sort of talked through the process all the way through. Um, he would send me his progress like every few days or every week um, mm -hmm. and get some feedback to sort of, uh, you know, guide the process. And man, he was really, really great to work with. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I, I'm a backer at the uh, at the Kickstarter exclusive level. Uh, mm -hmm. Both covers are amazing, but that like <laughs> faux black leather with that great yeah. dragon god on it is very evocative, <laughs> um, and it's a book that I want to have on my shelf. Um, that uh, I'm a I'm a we we've said it a billion times on this podcast, but I am a physical book buyer, yeah. and if you can show me a really cool looking book mm -hmm. you probably got me no matter what's <laughs> actually inside the book <laughs> um so yeah this was really cool uh i like that it's a uh, uh a pdf and then a soft cover yep. um that i in my opinion the soft cover is the redheaded stepchild it of is. the kickstarter world yeah. um and <laughs> i'm not sure why like i mean i understand the the appeal of a hardcover and right. I understand the utility of a PDF, mm -hmm. but the soft cover allows you to have that tactile interaction, right? But without asking folks to fork over, yeah. you know, forty bucks for a eighty-page book or whatever, right? Like, right. right. Um, so I I appreciate every time I see one come up, and <laughs> I think this is a great product for that sort of a thing. Um, you've got yeah. several stretch goals rolling in. Mm -hmm. um, are those going to be compiled into the physical book or are those things that will just be in PDF form later? Yeah, they'll, they'll be in, uh, when, when the campaign finishes, they'll all be wrapped into the final, uh, release of the PDF. Um, and they will be the, the content, uh, stretch goals will be, uh, put in the final print. Um, so everyone that's getting the book is going to get an extra few pages of content in there, which is really great. Um, not all of the stretch goals will be additional content just by mm -hmm. limitations of how big the book can get <laughs> mm -hmm. um, before it is, is cost prohibitive. Um, but uh, a, a fair number of those stretch goals uh, are going to be some great new options. Hmm. One of the, you said cost prohibited, and that's mm -hmm. something that I think I want to steer us towards here for sure. a minute. Um, two things regarding mm -hmm. that this is an astoundingly cheap book and by astoundingly cheap <laughs> i mean the soft cover is what is it uh i don't want to say the wrong thing it's ten dollars for the non-exclusive cover and, and yep. 15 for the exclusive right. and mm -hmm. then the pdf is free but yep. uh, you, you you know you you won't say no if they want to toss you a couple bucks sure. but there's a link right there if you want to see how it looks before you even pledge the That's two right. bucks um so, uh, and I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm thumbing through it or or scrolling through it, however you want to call it, yeah. as we're talking, and you you could definitely do a whole lot worse for ten bucks. <laughs> I mean, I have I have I have crapped away ten dollars for stuff <laughs> a tenth of this quality and been happy. This is. The art alone, some of the d the different dragons that are in here is just inspiring. Makes me want to throw big bad monsters at my players at you know only <laughs> level three. But you know, it looks fantastic. So yes, 
jump on this thing. You know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, and you're going to have a very, very pretty uh, book. Not to mention these dragons and the dragonborn and everything that they got in here is just awesome. And and I'll say this, I, I have gotten, uh, you know, I, I made sure, I like, like I've said, this is my first time running a Kickstarter like this. Um, uh -huh. So I wanted to really make sure that I felt comfortable and knew that I could deliver the product yeah. without disappointing anyone. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I have had proofs in hand for a couple weeks now uh, just to sort of test their shipping and printing um, and make sure everything was in mm. line there. And man, I, they, it is pretty astounding to me, the extreme level of detail and high quality that they can print out for really a pretty cheap rate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, uh, Troy Wick worked with me, um, on the first Kickstarter that we did, which was a, uh, a soft cover, very much like this, uh, 112 pages, um, Oceanic Depths. And yeah, like when you don't know anything, you just have this expectation of, man, it's gotta be a nightmare to, to, and a, and a costly one to get a book made. Um, but thank God there are people out there who, <laughs> who know more yeah. than me. Um, I mean, not that, that, let me, let me back up a half a step there. Even still, like it's it relatively inexpensive. Um, the amount of time that I know a book like this takes to put together and to yeah. write, um, <laughs> You know, even if, and I, I don't want to even throw out a number for how much each one of these books might have cost you, but like mm -hmm. at 10 bucks or 15 bucks, um, mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you, you're really giving people a strong value. Um, this, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I really like my, my, my best wishes to you for making, you know, making six or eight or 10 or $12,000 on this thing and really yeah, we'll being see. able to um, make it worthwhile, not just as an investment, which I'm sure is always something that you look towards with a book like this, um, right. but also just uh, in, in the, in the here and now, because this is a lot of hard work. Uh, this is a lot of time. Um, this is a lot of quality poured into something and it deserves to be uh, paid off. So, um, so we talked a little bit about the uh, dragons in the book, but this book has more than dragons. It does. Um, it has a it has quite a bit more, and actually, a lot of the stretch goals unlocked so far are opening up player options, yep. um, which are I would argue a key component to any uh, treasured um, D and D supplement. It gives a reason for both the DM and the player to crack mm -hmm. this book open. Um, uh, so you had a sorcerer and a ranger class subclass that got you were kind of in the book from the beginning. Yep. We've unlocked a couple more at this point through stretch goals. Yep. Um, in general, player option wise, what would you like to talk about today? What excites you? What What do you think is um, the cream of the crop in this book? Oh man, um, the I mean, 
I, I think the Dragon Apprentice Ranger is going to have to be a thing that I focus on because it was, uh, it, it was one of the first things that I started working on uh, when I when I actually started home, this whole uh, journey of homebrewing in general. Um, the very very first version of that was uh, probably I think the second subclass that I had ever created, which has of course gone through many many revisions since then. Um, but it sort of holds a place in my heart just because it was one of my, one of my first things and one that I definitely am, uh, sort of proud of from a, uh, just the, the flavor of it, the, the story that it evokes as a player. Um, and I know Rangers kind of get a bad rap in 5e, mm. um, just at, at, in general, the base class is not, is not the best received, but, um, you know, I, I've had many people who've who have uh, reached out from playing this subclass and said that you know they they basically never would have considered playing a ranger, but this one in particular, this concept just really stuck with them, and they just had a blast running it. I love it. That's uh, cool. Yeah. There's just as a as a as a very broad overview overview. You basically. Uh, you basically just follow and learn from dragons. You choose one uh, overarching type, chromatic, cosmic, or metallic. Um, and then you choose one type of that category of dragons as your advocate. Uh, and they are sort of your guide through your ranger learning process. Um, and eventually you get your own uh, wormling that you can summon and ride. Wow, that's not that's cool. quite late though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I that's really cool. Now I I have a question about the sorcerer. Um, yeah. Not to get too much into it, but but so we already have um, a a sub class of sorcerer for yes. dragons. What yes. makes this one different? So uh, it's basically an expansion of that subclass to sort of include what people are used to as the draconic sorcerer but also get you you know make it so you're able to use that in the cosmic dragon ah okay 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 um, yeah so the the basis of this sorcerer subclass i i've named it the draconic weave sorcerer but the basis of it is is essentially the same as the draconic bloodline um most of the features are very very close to what you're used to from draconic bloodline um, the major things that it does is it adds a variant option for uh, origin spells, which I know is a popular mm -hmm. thing to do for homebrewing, um, where uh, Wizards has sort of strayed away from that, yep. giving sorcerers those extra spells. Um, which, you know, I wanted to make sure that it is a, an option that GMs can implement. It is a variant option in there. Um, but I, I personally like doing that sort of thing. Um, beyond that, I sort of just expanded a couple things and done what I feel uh, sort of gets them onto par with some of the more recent sorcerer subclasses. Mm -hmm. um, not that Draconic Bloodline is underpowered, but I think there were a couple areas that are a bit lacking, like, uh, you know, the, uh, the Storm Sorcerer from Xanathar's Guide gets Lightning and Thunder Resistance, I believe, at level 6. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Draconic Sorcerer has to spend a sorcery point to get resistance for an hour, <laughs> which is just like, 
yes. a little mind-blowing to me. And, you know, there's more to it. They also get to add their charisma modifier uh, to when they cast a spell that deals their dragon's damage type, which is awesome. But that, you know, that that one especially has always stuck with me. I know it's it's a pretty common thing to just let those draconic sorcerers to just always have that resistance. So that's one of the changes that I implemented. But for the most part, it's so that you can play what you're mostly used to as a dra draconic bloodline, uh, but with the cosmic options in there. Really cool. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you that um, one of the things I do when I am looking at a third-party book mm -hmm. for subclasses is I go to their spell lists um, yep. because that is a really quick way that you as a writer can communicate Yes. Um, what is this class. Yeah. And also do I understand how this class is going to work, right? Those are the questions that can be answered very quickly from just looking at the spell list. And I was cracking up. I, It's different enough. I've, I'm, I'm working on a little draconic warlock, a draconic patron warlock off to the side. Yeah. And I looked at your spell list. I'm like, gosh, dang, that is almost identical. Um, I'm <laughs> like, yep, yep. We, we have the same mindset as far as, you know, certain things with dragons and i'm like this is cool i like this so uh kudos to you that that made me have that made my day <laughs> um troy is there anything else um from the player option side of things that has been drawing your attention or that you want to chat about uh well i noticed um here in the uh in the different pledge levels mm -hmm. there is a uh at the 65 dollar pledge and above there is something about uh, 12 months of releases yes. from the Masters of the Gauntlet Handbook. Yes. What is that? Tell uh, me about that. So, yeah, sure. Uh, so, like, like I was saying earlier, uh, with the Dragon Apprentice being one of my, one of my first, uh, I started really all of this journey into homebrewing started uh, toward the end of... I believe it was 2018, um, where I started working with one of my players, uh, actually the same one that proposed the Sun and Moon Dragon idea to me, uh, on a arena system for D and D. Um, basically, you know, lots of people were run like battle royales and stuff like that, but I was looking essentially for a really quick, easy to pick up system um, that you know somebody calls somebody texts and says 10 minutes before the session, oh, I can't come today. And then like, everybody's just like, well, what do we do now? And you know, some groups don't mind and they'll just keep chugging on without that player. But my group in particular, just basically if everyone can't come, we just generally won't, won't play. And so we, I was looking for an alternative of basically like, okay, if somebody can't come, something comes up or, you know, only three of us are available that week or whatever, what can we do that we can still play D and D you know, because we who doesn't want to play D and D? You want to play all the time. Um, right. So I started developing this arena system. Um, that's sort of where it started, and it's really like uh, party party based. You are with your group, your party, and you are fighting monsters in the arena. So it's not like PvP battle royale style. Um, and you basically just do an encounter, level up another encounter level up. So it's a really fast leveling system. And then really the, the whole core of the system is uh, as you defeat these encounters, you get battle points, which basically is just a in, in arena currency 
to uh, that you can spend. Basically, you have to spend these points to rest. You have to spend them to buy items. Uh, so you sort of, it, there's there's some resource management in there. Um, but so all this started with that basically, and then from that I started then making subclasses then races, and now I've made monsters, <laughs> magic items, pretty much every every different aspect that you can design for 5th edition. Very um, cool. Yeah. So the Masters of the Gauntlet Handbook then, after about eight, eight months or so, nine months, I compiled everything that I had made into this full handbook, um, like a single cohesive PDF, because um, it was going to be a lot of stuff. I was putting out stuff, yeah. you know, at, usually twice a week. Um, and a lot of people were wanting to have it all in one collection. Uh, before that, it had basically just been individual things um, through my Patreon. Um, so uh, I put it all in one book. And now, basically, I keep that going. And every month, I update it with the latest stuff that I've released. Um, and... Again, that's that's distributed through Patreon, but uh, a lot of people kind of just aren't a fan of Patreon for what it, for you know a number of reasons that they might have personal issues with it, or they just don't like a recurring monthly subscription. Maybe they just want to just buy the the one book as it is and don't really care to get updates each month. Um, so you know because I've kind of been hearing that feedback now for a while <laughs> uh, it, that the Masters of the Gala Handbook first launched. Uh, last December, so about nine months ago, um, and um, so I've sort of been keeping that up. And some people have voiced that they wish they could just buy it, and you can. You can just join on Patreon, download it, and then immediately leave. It's essentially like you're just buying the one copy. But some people just want to stay away from Patreon, so sure. I made an option available to get it through the Kickstarter. Um, in in its current form. Uh, it is 150 pages, 151, I think. Uh, when it first released, I think it was at 98-ish. It was just under 100. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, that, that level lets you get each month's release. The $65 level, you can get every month for the next year um, as, as they come out, and you don't have to worry about a Patreon subscription. Very cool. interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So... This is just a so Masters of the Gauntlet is a massive compendium of yes. of player centric arena centric options. Is that a fair uh, statement, just in general? It, it is. I would say it's mostly player stuff because it's uh, you know a lot of races and subclasses and magic items and spells. Um, but there is a pretty significant portion of it that is monsters. Okay. Um, Let's see, page 74 through 126. So about gotcha. 50 pages in there is monsters. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And then, like you said, the, the arena system, the full arena system itself is also in there. Yeah, I, I let's see, man, taking me back a few years. I think about a decade ago, mm -hmm. um, I ran a an arena system, you'll call it that way. Um, very similar to what you described. Um, I would have loved to have had a book like this. And then 
man, I'm just thinking like this book would pair really well. And that's that idea would pair really well with another product we talked about on the show, the Hammond's handbook mm-hmm. from the DMs guild. You know, what I'm talking about Troy, the, uh, the harvesting handbook. Yeah. Uh, Hammond's Hammond's harvesting handbooks. Yeah. I, what? I think yep. I've, yeah, I, I know I've heard of it. Yeah. It's up. I mean, we're talking about your product today, but man, sure. that product is awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm just imagining if you if you had this arena system and you just you know if you fought things and progressed and got your current in you know in arena currency, and then mm-hmm. if every creature you slew you were able to try to harvest, uh, uh, yeah. you know sub uh, you know whatever uh, wings and and hides and teeth yep. and whatever, um, that that floats somebody's boat out there. I think it probably sure. floats mine. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, um, you know it. The game is becoming more roleplay centric, but I think that there's always going to be that vein, just like you said, for when, for one reason or another, you don't want that story or, you know, or, you know, you you don't really have a story to tell. You just kind of want to develop something and you want to roll dice and sit around. The beer and pretzels style of gaming is (laughs) is still here, still alive, still well. Um, That'd be a lot of fun. Okay. And and I'll say this, it's kind of funny that I made the arena system first and then went into all this uh, other homebrewing of content because this the the system one of the one of the strongest uses of it is to play test new character ideas. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you, you get really quickly like within one or two sessions you're pretty much getting an overarching view of the whole life of the character as far, you know, as far as mechanics, obviously, obviously there's much more you can develop there role playing wise with a party in a full campaign. But, you know, a lot of people will develop 10, 20, a hundred back, you know, characters they have in the, on, on, on the back burner. Um, And, you know, you might only get to play in two or three campaigns over the course of a few years and you don't really get to ever cycle through those and test different character ideas so it's really fun to get to sort of test a bunch of ideas pretty quickly and sort of lock in on the one that you have the most fun with. Uh, that's that's a great that's a great note there because that's exactly what a lot of people fall into. Um, they play, you know, I, there's plenty of people who have played in the same game for two years and they're level five. Yep. Um, <laughs> that you know, and you you're sitting there looking at you know your capstone ability you're 15 you're 18 and you're saying how am i ever going to get there before we decide we're going to play something else um yeah so that's a that's that's great that's exactly where this system can excel at is letting you experience a whole class well cool um i gotta i'm gonna run run down this list real quick here um just to kind of reiterate to everybody um what this kickstarter is about um we're gonna have on all the way back up here perfect um this book has uh at its core 22 new monsters all the way from cr1 to cr30 mm-hmm. um there is uh a new cosmic dragonborn race there are two new subclasses in the base level and we've got two more through expansion or through mm-hmm. stretch goals uh we've got a new trait race uh a feat i'm sorry for dragonborn mm-hmm. 11 new magic items um, and then we've also unlocked um, the uh, cosmic spells, which is a whole bunch of specially themed spells for cosmic play. Um, yeah. 
and then Cosmic Magic, and then the Aberrant Dragons we haven't really talked about. I think that's something I'm going to steer people to go check out on the page. That's going to be my sure. call to action. If you're curious about those and how the imagination is for this Aberrant, I really like it. Mm-hmm. What you've got there is... I, uh, Troy and I were actually talking before you hopped on, and I was like, this is a good idea. This is a good call yes. for how to do this. Um, so there's a lot. And then your last, the the stretch goal that we're almost to is uh, uh, Voice of Kalos. I think we actually, we actually just broke it. Someone, oh, just, someone just pledged 100 bucks, so we nice. just broke it. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. They, they were listening to our podcast. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that must be it. Set it free. <laughs> gosh um so there is a ton in this book um you can also get the masters of the gauntlet handbook at higher levels um there's two different types of book to get physical and the kickstarter exclusive um and then there is a high-res pdf um as well and then the big huge thing is the uh getting to have your name as a distinguished credit uh uh so a lot, a lot of options. Oh, and you've also got monster cards, which I think is a cool thing. Those are, yeah. are those are self print. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're not going to be uh, at least for for this Kickstarter. Hopefully, in a in a future one that maybe I do uh, a, a different you know different theme, but something along these lines. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get into uh, ones that I can print and ship to people. But I really wanted to keep this one pretty uh straightforward as far as the rewards again being my first i just want to make sure that i can deliver the product product effectively um and on time for people so yeah the, these ones are going to be uh sent out to those backers uh in uh, png image format as well as in a pdf and they can either just view them on their device or print them out and have them at the table awesome um Troy, any last thoughts here before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, I just want to know, is there any more stretch goals like at, at 4,000, like maybe the dreaded Cosmic Pickle Dragon? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think pickles will be will be a part of this, despite my love for them. Um, <laughs> uh, I, they're, may, they're... I may have to recant my, uh, my pledge. <laughs> Uh, again, maybe a future, maybe a future Kickstarter. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> um, no, there, there will be uh, some more stretch goals um, that will be revealed as we go. Um, sneak peek. I'm thinking one of them is going to be uh, getting that basic uh, Gauntlet Arena handbook out to all the backers, just as a special reward. Um, the the system itself is, I think, a 14 page PDF. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, just get some, uh, some extra excitement in there. Just anybody, anybody who pledges, uh, at that, at that $2 level or higher, uh, any backer gets that, that free, but that'll be, we're we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're going to stretch for that. Uh, We're going to get there though. I believe you. I believe in you. I think we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, Well, hey, this uh, this Kickstarter is going to end. I'm going to pull this. I'm going to scroll all the way back up to the top here. So, or you you probably know off the top of your head, what day does this Kickstarter end? It will end Wednesday, October twenty first. Perfect. Yep. So you got almost a full month to back it, and you are pledging to deliver this book before the end of the year in November. Is that is that right? Yep. That's right. Perfect. So this is going to, listen, it does, 
I know I sound like a salesman here, but this is the honest truth. It does not get any better than that. That that for a physical book to get turned around in a handful of weeks, that is as close to instant gratification as a Kickstarter is going to come. <laughs> uh, uh, and my hats off to you for making that happen. Um, Tony, thank you so much for coming thank on the podcast. Guys. This has been yeah. a really fun uh, break in our afternoon. Um, <laughs> always a pleasure to talk with a creator, um, especially one that's got a product as, as cool as this. Um, I appreciate that. We will, we will very much look forward to our books arriving in the mail. Um, we'll very much look forward to any stretch goals that you uh, plow through between here and there. And uh, uh, I'm... I'm clicking on the follow button right now to keep an eye on anything that you put out in the future because I think that uh, the signs are all here for this uh, to be a good, a good run. Very cool. Very all much right. agree, yes. All right, Tony. Well, thanks again, um, and uh, best of luck to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. <laughs> Take it easy. Have a good one.